thought about being up here delivering the sermon? Right? Don't worry, I'm not calling on anybody this morning. But if you had that opportunity, what would you talk about? You know, that's probably the hardest part about doing this. That's why Pastor David and Pastor Tim go on sermon planning retreats to come up with their ideas. And that planning time is really important because sermons are important. They're a time for us to hear a message about something that might impact our life, that will make a difference in our life. That's my thoughts anyway. What do you think a sermon is? Well, I thought about that, so I thought I'll look it up. And of course, there's one about the Bible and somebody giving a talk about a religious subject, and you all know that one. But I had a couple others who were pretty interesting. One of them, a long or tedious piece of admonition, a lecture. Now, that doesn't sound so fun, but have you ever sat through one of those? Number two, a long talk in which someone advises other people how they should behave in order to be better people. Really? How many of you came here today hoping for that? Right? Well, I know I didn't. I didn't come here for a lecture either. But I am here to help refresh our memories about whose we are, God's people, and what being God's people means to our lives and how we respond to God. Now, I know that sounds like a lot, so I want to focus our attention by asking one question, a question that's been around as long as there have been people, a question that I've thought and prayed about in my life for years, and I know that many of you have also, a question that's at the very heart of our existence as Christians. And that question is, why am I here? Not me standing up in front today, but for all of us as God's people. Why am I here? What is it, Lord, that you want or need or expect of me? Now, you may have thought about this in other words, like, what is the meaning of life? What is my purpose? Does my life matter? I lift this question for, uh, up for us this morning as Christians. Why am I here? As you listen to our scripture readings this morning, I just ask you to begin thinking about that question. Why am I here? Kim, can you read for us, please? In the beginning, when God created the heavens and earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, 
and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. We love because he first loved us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Kim. Let us pray. May the words I speak this morning be your words for your people. On this day, Lord. Amen. In the beginning, those are the first words in the Bible as we just heard from our reading. They are also where we begin to think about the question, why am I here? Because this question is about God and our relationship with God, a relationship that started in the beginning. Now, we all have our own stories about our relationship with God. Back in 2011, uh, I preached a sermon about my story, my relationship with God. Now, that was only the second time that I'd ever preached, but I thought it went okay. Nobody got up and left anyway. Uh, But if you want to know what people really thought, you have to find out what they told the preacher the next, or the pastor the next week. And so I talked to Pastor David, and I did. And I, most of what he heard was what I had heard. But the most common comment he heard, which I had never heard, was, we want to hear more of the story. Now, that surprised me, because I didn't know why anyone would want to hear more about my story. And it took me a while to realize that it wasn't just about hearing my story. It was really about hearing God's story. And I think we all want to hear about how God's story intersects with our life, how our relationship with God has changed our lives, right? Has knowing God changed your life? I know it has changed mine. I came to God late in life at age 41. I didn't know God was in my life. I thought I knew what it meant to be a good person, to be successful, I was happily married to my wife, Connie, had two wonderful daughters, 
I had amazing parents and my brother Jeff. I had a good job. I was doing okay financially. As far as I knew, my purpose was to do just what I was doing. Provide for my family. Spend time with my family and friends. Help others out when I had the opportunity to do so. And the truth is, there's nothing wrong with any of what I have just described. And most people would be fortunate to be in that position. And I was. But what I didn't know, what I couldn't know without God, was all the story that I was missing. God gave me some glimpses, though, some nudges. Maybe you've had those before. Like, my wife and I wanted God to be in our daughter's lives, even though we didn't go to church. And I kept having these feelings that I needed to go to church, but I had no idea why. And we knew some people who went to this church, and they invited us, and that was another piece of the puzzle. I still didn't know what I was missing, but God always knew what I was missing. And God did not give up on me. God led us to this church. Eventually, I went to a Bible study. And for me, this was like an intellectual thing, gaining knowledge that I didn't have. But it didn't take long before just gaining knowledge wasn't really enough. And I'm sure Pastor David and the other people in the class got tired of me asking, but what, but what does what we just learned actually have to do with my life? Right? What am I supposed to do with this? How should my life be different? Shouldn't my life be different? And that was the beginning of me asking, why am I here? What is it, Lord, that you want or need or expect of me? But this isn't just about me. Of course, this is about you. This is about all of us. Because this is a question about the very nature of God and our relationship with God. And for those of you listening who may think you don't have a relationship with God, let me assure you that God is already in relationship with you. Just as God was in relationship with me when I didn't know it. So let's think about that relationship and what we heard from Genesis. In the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. There was nothing except God. And then in the next 24 verses, we hear about all God created. And then we hear about our beginning. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God saw, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. So in the first chapter of the first book of the Bible, we hear that God created us created us to be in relationship with him. And then we hear about the world that God created for us. Now, hearing all that, you might think, is the rest of the Bible all about us thanking God for all that God has done for us? Well, the short answer is no. We only have to get to the third chapter of Genesis to hear about how it is that we mess things up. And the Bible's full of stories about how we got things wrong. But God never gives up on us and continues to do everything necessary to bring us back into relationship with him. Are you thinking about our question? Why am I here? 
So what might that relationship look like? First John tells us that God is love and that God and describes the extent of what it is that God will do for us. God sent his only son into the world as a sacrifice for us so that we could be in a restored relationship with God. Think about that for a minute. That God not only gives us life, but the offer of life in a loving relationship with him. Now, all this took a while to sink in for me because I came to church thinking that everything I had was due to my accomplishments. Maybe that thought has crossed your mind at some time. I did all this myself. Really? What about the birth of a child? I remember both of my daughters being in the hospital waiting, listening to women in various stages of labor and waiting, trying to be helpful to my wife and still waiting. And then comes the time when the waiting is over and I realize that, holy heck, this thing is really going to happen. And a new life emerged. Now, how could I have experienced that and not known that there was more at work than just us? God loves us and God is at work in our lives. So how do we respond to what God has done for us? What does God want us to do to know him, to have a relationship with him? But a relationship is only as strong as the commitment of both parties. So we have our part to do. We know the extent of God's love for us. So one part of the answer to our question is clear. Why am I here? To love God. But there's more to this. And I want to talk now about an idea that's often overlooked, but that's really crucial to understanding and answering our question. I want you to think about a relative that you just really, really love or loved. Someone who isn't your parent. And why did you love them so much? Was it because they gave you the biggest check or the best gift on your birthday? Or was it because of something else you received from them? Their time, their attention, their guidance, their unconditional love for you that they showed you in so many ways. Right? One of the earliest and oldest recollections I have of this was my granny, my great-grandma. Every memory I have of her from the day I was born until the day she died when I was in high school reminds me of how much she loved me. I can picture her smile lighting up her face when she saw me and her arms open wide to give me a hug and how she always treated me as someone special. And when she told me she loved me, I could just feel that that was true. And because of how she loved me, I loved her very, very much. Do you have someone in mind now that makes you feel like that? Well, let's push a little further. further. So this love that I had for my granny started with her. But it was nurtured and it grew because I let her love me. I could have refused her love. I could have spent time with my friends or doing other things other than being with my granny. Or even when I was with her, I could have done something other than 
actually really spend time with her. And even if I had done that, she still would have loved me. But the truth is, we do those things sometimes, even to the people who love us. Right? But if I had refused her love, then the love that we had between us would have been lessened. If I had not accepted all the love that my granny offered to me, our whole relationship would have been diminished. Now, what about the love God has for you? I've already mentioned some examples of what all that God's done for us. God created us. He blessed us. He provided for us. Sent his son into the world as a sacrifice for us. But verse 19 of 1 John makes a really important point for us to understand in our relationship with God, which is we love because he first loved us. Remember that. We love because he first loved us. Now, the idea that God first loved us often gets lost in what we know about loving God. We think that our actions of loving God are about something we do, about something we have accomplished. But love is possible because of what God is already doing in our lives, loving us first. We hear about a lot about us loving God, but not a lot about letting God love us. But to be able to truly love God, we need to fully accept all the love that God is offering to us. Just as we let ourselves be loved by that favorite relative. God is always loving us. The question is, will we let God love us? Now, sometimes loving God or letting God love us can be difficult. Maybe we feel that God has let us down somehow. Or we're facing medical or financial issues, struggling with depression or addiction or any number of other issues. It can be hard to open up and let ourselves be loved, even by God. But only when we let God love us, when we truly accept all that God offers to us, are we then able to fully love. Why am I here? To let God love me. So once we love God and let God love us, are we done? No, not quite. There's one more idea that we need to consider, and verses 11 and 12 from 1 John will help us out here, which says, Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. So in addition to loving God, we are called to love one another. And if we love one another, we're told that God's love is perfected in us. In other words, God's love is made complete when we love others. Let me say that again. God's love is made complete in us when we love others. Now, this loving others, or in Jesus' words, loving your neighbor as yourself, didn't always come naturally to me. I mean, I got the idea, but... Love someone more than I love myself? Well, that's not too hard to do for those people that we know and we like, right? We can love them. 
But what about those people we don't know? Can we love them just because? Or what about people we know and we don't like? Right? Or people we don't even know, but they've done something that doesn't really cause us to love them. Like that person who was on their phone and cut you off in traffic, and they didn't even know they did that. Are you feeling the love for them? Well, if doing something that bothered us or hurt us was an excuse for us not to love someone, then why should God still be loving us? The Bible's full of stories where we have not done what God hoped or wanted for our lives. Yet he loves us. And our lives are full of those stories too, where people have done something other than what we may have wanted, and it caused us to hurt. Yet we are called to love one another. And the explanation of this that finally resonated with me came from one of Pastor David's sermons when he said, God loves that person just as much as he loves you. All right, message received. And we can understand that idea, but living that is a daily effort. Yet we know this is true because God created all of us. God loves all of us. We are all his people. So we love who God loves, his people. Why am I here? To love others. Now, my words today aren't the complete answers. You'll have to each have to work those out in your own lives. And as you do this, remember that God created you for this, to be in relationship with him and to be his love in our world. You might just find out that God has a bigger vision for your life than you have ever imagined. Now, I know how quickly something we hear on Sunday is out of our minds by Monday morning, right? So I'm asking you to do something more than just listen here today. Something I found helpful and hopefully will be helpful for you too. Very simple practice. For the next two weeks, spend at least a few minutes each day asking yourself our question. Why am I here? There's an example in your bulletins. It's a little note section there. Kind of give you an idea of what to do. Think about each of the three parts I mentioned today. Loving God, letting God love you, and loving others. And then just write down whatever comes to your mind about each of those three areas. Or maybe about some changes that you might want to make in your life. And use all the paper you want. Okay? This is just an example. So get out your yellow pads. A final word. Or a final word. All this we're talking about. This is a lifelong process that we go through as Christians. This isn't just about a homework assignment I'm giving you that you need to worry or be anxious about. Right? Relax. God has already done everything necessary for us to be in relationship with him. All that is left is for us to let God love us and then return that love to God and to those whom God loves. May it be so in each of your lives. Amen.